Hello, Mixed Net Cases. This is Nuke Jess, and we've got an episode of Why We Love for you today, and it is Why We Love Muppets. With me, as always... Hi, I'm Jack. I thought this episode was going to be Why We Love Crazy Joe. It's, it's, well, you're just letting out the spoilers already because normally it's just Tech and I talking about what we love, but we have invited Crazy Joe from Megapod Task, Megapod Tastic to join us. That's a mouthful. Welcome, Joe. Hi. I've been told I'm a lot like a Muppet. I've been told that I sing karaoke like a Muppet. What's your go to karaoke classic? What's the, what's the, uh, punk rock girl? Or, or yeah. birdhouse in your soul. That's another. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that is yeah. good. One. Yeah, but I've been told my voice is very muppety when I sing. Mm. Now I haven't heard you sing, and I don't like karaoke, but it's it's got me curious. I got to tell you. Now, now I'm gonna like. I want to say that I think, my I, karaoke I, is moving right along. I think you got to hear me sing "Total Eclipse of the Heart" during uh, uh, Dog Days. A couple yes, of. I did actually. <laughs> I was laughing too hard to actually listen, though. (laughs) (laughs) So as you can tell, we are good friends. Joe has been on the podcast before. Uh, We do dog days of podcasting together in August and sometimes in um, December as well. And we always have good fun. Now, Joe, you have a great knowledge of Muppets and a lot of really cool connections. So if you are really interested in Muppets, you need to check out Megapodtastic because there are interviews with the Muppeteers themselves. Uh, one of my favorites is when you interviewed the puppeteer for Abby Cadabby, and I absolutely fell in love with her. And then how I can can't... You, how can you not? Well, I mean the puppeteer, not just Abby Cadabby, oh, okay. you know. Uh, and then I believe it was you had one of the Snuffies. Yes, uh, yes, Marty Marty Robinson. And it's funny because just last night, as we record this, just last night, um, we took my uh, my oldest daughter out to see a high school production of Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, a local high school did Little Shop. And Marty Robinson, before he worked for the Henson Company, no, actually, I guess it was around the same time. He started with yeah. the Henson Company in 79. Uh, he originated... The, the the puppeteering role of Audrey 2 on the original off-Broadway version of Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, that's cool. wild. That's a that's an amazing So puppet. Audrey 2 is snuffy. That's mm-hmm. that's a little disturbing. Not in the movie. <laughs> not in the movie. He um he did right. not do it in the movie, but he did it in the original off-Broadway version. He did it on the Broadway version that played uh, in like 03. Okay. Which I I got to see in the audience. It was amazing. The plant nice. came over like five rows of the audience. <sighs> and at oh, wow. the end when it was time to take the bows, the plant opened up and Marty Robinson was inside the plant and took a bow. And, cool. uh, it, it was really cool. Uh, so, so yeah, he's, he's a heck of a great guy. Uh, and yeah, that was the, that was the first of, no, that's not true. That is not true. I was going to say that was the first of the, of the, uh, Henson, uh, Muppeteers that I actually met, but, but that's actually false. I met Dave Goals years ago, but, um, mm. Legendary. First I interviewed. <laughs> so yeah. Let's put it that way. And you, now correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you got just a bumper or if you actually interviewed. Did you do, did you interview Telly? Yeah, that's also Marty Robinson. Same oh, guy. Then that would be uh, it. Okay. Yeah. So yes, the answer is I, yes. <laughs> I met him at Dragon Con and he did a bumper as Snuffy for me. Nice. And we oh, also, cool. yeah. uh, we, we, we kind of exchanged emails and he said, yes, um, I'd be happy when I get back to New York to do a, a telephone interview with you. So then we set up the telephone interview and at the time of the telephone interview, he did a second bumper as Telly. 
which I absolutely love Telly. He's near and dear to my heart as, as most Muppets are. But like, I think Telly kind of got forgotten after, after a while, which makes me sad. Yeah. He, he said to me that because the show's, you know, changed in length from an hour to a half hour, uh, he said that he doesn't get to perform as Telly nearly as much as he'd like to. Yeah, which is which is sad because Telly Telly is 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 definitely a special Muppet. So I want to talk a little bit about how. So we are all Muppet lovers. That's why we're here. Um, and I just want to talk a little bit about like when did you first get into Muppets? I was in love with Sesame Street uh, from from the youngest age I can remember. Uh, I don't I don't remember when I first saw Sesame Street, but I can't remember a time that I, I didn't know of Sesame street. And uh, that was the start of it. I guess every day I had to watch Sesame street in Mr. Rogers neighborhood. And then, uh, I mean, the Muppet show started the year I was born. So I guess I was watching the Muppet show for the, for the entirety of my life as well. <laughs> so, so yeah, I don't know a time without the Muppets, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that you mention it, um, I, I will ha- say I have a similar experience in the sense that Sesame Street was on for all of my siblings. We were always big Muppet fans um, and we didn't have cable or anything. Right. So it was always just on. And the Muppet show, what year did that start? Was that 79 or 76, 76. Okay. So most of my life it was on and I was probably watching it, but I remember watching it growing up. Like, so it must've been in syndication or something. Cause we were always watching the Muppet show and Sesame street. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I recall the movies, like those were some of the first VHSs we had. And, um, I, I can, I can tell you like the other movies that came out that are not Muppet, but are Jim Henson were definitely a part of our lives. Like the labyrinth. I mean, that, that was all part of growing up for me. Um, tech, is this exactly the same for you? I don't no, know. Uh, no, very different. Actually. Okay. So, um, I'm French Canadian and, uh, I was raised in French and I went to French school until the second grade, but with my dad's job moving around the country, we all, my entire life, we've lived in English communities. So, I learned English as a second language. And the reason I learned it was because of Sesame Street, um, that it was a TV show that mom could put on that she didn't understand either because she spoke no English either. But she could put the show on and she knew it wasn't going to be offensive and she knew I was going to learn English. Um, so we would get both of the shows. So we would get the the traditional Sesame Street from the 80s um, that had um, the English and the Spanish. And then we would get the other one that had the English and the French, you know, they would take the Spanish skits out and they would replace it with other Muppets and other skits and other songs and things, but they would do them in English and French. So, um, watched it every day. Uh, it was, it was my thing. That was my show is techie's show. It was on at noon and you do not get in the way of techie in the TV. He gets to watch that show. And, um, from as young as I remember, I was watching, uh, Sesame street, you know, Mr. Rogers up here, Mr. Dress up, of course. um, the other, and then, uh, the Muppet show was on at night and that was a show that we could watch with my parents. Um, my parents also being French, um, didn't watch a lot of English media because they didn't really understand it. And to my mom, uh, it's always been, if she didn't understand it, it's because it was bad. So any music with lyrics, I couldn't listen to because if mom didn't know the lyrics, 
I didn't listen to it. So I grew listened to a lot of classical music and a lot of instrumental rock. Um, and somehow you became a fan of techno. And somehow I became a fan of electronic dance music. You know, you know, your favorite 11 second snippet of a song repeated for seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, somehow that became my thing. Imagine that. But. So basically, you got double Sesame Street. I did. I got double Lucky Sesame you. Street. And then the Muppet Show that we were watching my parents, and it was the same gags, a little more adult, but still very family friendly. And, um, you know, grew up watching it like everybody else. Just for me, it was a ticket to learn a couple other languages. I still know my numbers in Spanish because of Sesame Street. There you go. Hey, by the way, I, I I think we should just take a moment and say, you know, rest in peace to Emilio Delgado, because if we're going to talk about learning Spanish on Sesame Street, I think we all learned from Luis and he just passed away last week at the age of, oh, my God, he, he was, what was he, 77, I want to say? Yeah, he was in his 70s. Yeah. Yes, peace be unto him. Yeah, I I that is one of the ones that like. Celebrity deaths happen, and uh, lately a lot of them have been, some of them have been, oh, wow, that person's still alive. Um, <laughs> oh, we just had another one today. Oh. Um, George Costanza's mother from Seinfeld. Oh. Estelle, Estelle Harris? No, Estelle. Yeah, gosh. that's, I think that's right. Estelle Harris. Is it Estelle Harris? Okay. 93. Wow. Good for her. But yeah, I mean, we, 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 a lot of times it's like, oh, is that person still alive? And oh, that's a shame. But when it's somebody like Luis, you're like, oh man, yeah, I knew it. Touches, touches you a little bit more because, you know, like, like, like Joe said, you know, we grew up with this guy. This yeah. guy taught us Spanish. Or, you know, like, uh, there, there, there's little things that I'll learn about Sesame Street mm-hmm. that kind of like make me go, wait a minute. Like when I realized that the original Gordon is the guy who invented Roosevelt Franklin. Right. And, mm-hmm. Is Holly Robinson's dad like when I discovered that it was like, whoa, wait a minute. Or when I discovered that Big Bird is also Oscar, <laughs> that was like world shattering. Oh, for Carol. Me. <laughs> oh, man. By the way, Joe, uh, when we finish recording, remind me, I, I meant to bring them out. I got to show you my Roosevelt Franklin. Okay. I've, I've got, he's, he's, he needs some repairs. Hashtag not a euphemism. Not a euphemism. <laughs> But um, I'm going to make that a euphemism from now on. Oh, man. Hey, hey. Doctor, I'm having trouble with my Roosevelt Franklin. If you know what I mean? I really <laughs> don't, Joe. And I don't want you to explain. Uh, but been hang, uh, been hanging out with my honkers. <laughs> you know, I've t- I told you, if you keep doing that, you're going to go blind. Um, <laughs> you want to see my gonzo? Oh, gosh. No. Keep it. Except up. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, like we grew up with the, you know, Sesame Street. We grew, at least the three of us, we grew up with the Muppet Show and repeats of the Muppet Show. And honestly, like that is the foundation of my comedy. That is the foundation of what I find funny. And it's so inspired by like vaudeville. Yeah. I, I remember a, an age, I, like, Jeez, it, I don't remember how old I was, but it was the 30th anniversary special. There was a 30th anniversary of The Muppet Show. And, or not not even The Muppet Show, of The Muppets. The 30th anniversary of The Muppets. It was a primetime right. special. Mm-hmm. It was done in the style of an awards show where all the Muppets would get yes. up and speak. And that was the moment I realized The Muppets were funny. Because I think as a kid, I grew up like learning from the Muppets and they were like educational. And yes, I watched the Muppet show at a very, very young age, 
but I don't think my sense of humor was fully formed yet. They were just big, shiny, fluffy puppets on the screen. And I, I was now old enough that watching these old clips of the Muppet show, which at that particular time was not being rerun a whole lot in the Philadelphia region. So it had been a while since I'd seen the show and it kind of was like a, almost like a revelation, like, Oh my God, these guys are hilarious. Like I loved them already because they were lovable, but now I'm getting that these guys are hysterical. Yeah. I think like when you're a kid, you don't realize that they're jokes. You just, you're like, Oh, they're like me. And then when you get older, you're like, wait, these are jokes. This is funny. It's like as a kid, when you watch the old Adam West Batman, like you're really worried, like, oh, my God, I don't know how he's going to get out of this one. You know, I've got to be here tomorrow. <laughs> and then you watch it as an adult. and You're like, oh, my God, this was a joke. I didn't know it. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I had my bat shark repellent spray, boy wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, it's um like I remember growing up, at least in my family, my family is a big family of singers. Um, not that we're all great or anything. I'm definitely not, but, uh, you know, you're in the car on a road trip. You're going to sing. We're out on the boat. We're going to sing. Like we made our own entertainment. And I would say at least half of what we sang came from the Muppet show, um, or Sesame street or one of the movies or whatever. Like, so it was all throughout my life. And when I said I'm going to show you my Roosevelt Franklin, um, it's because we actually had the Muppets. Like we have uh, puppets that are from Sesame Street and the Muppet Show. And we would go behind the couch and put on little Muppet Show skits. And it was the best. Now, my family was a little strict. Uh, like I said, we didn't have cable, but we also only had the TV on for those two hours in the evening and it, there was no TV during the day or anything like that. And so that's kind of what we did. We were all about like making our own fun and coming up with our own little skits with the Muppet show and, and then putting on plays, which I'm sure were so dull. And my parents were like, Oh gosh, we got to watch this again. Um, <laughs> and I, we thought we were so funny. You know, one of the, the, the thing about the Muppets that I, I remember growing up and I remember loving is that, as much as I have fond memories of cartoons in the 80s, cartoons in the 80s were made for a budget, mm -hmm. and they were made with as low of a production value as they could get away with to put the show on the air for the dollar value they had. Cartoons, the cartoons of the 80s were garbage. Now, yeah. that being said, I love a bunch of them, and they're very formative and in my memory. And there's a lot of good garbage in there, but yeah. Right. But they're garbage. The Muppet Show... And Muppets and Puppets allow you to do things at a much higher production value for a, for a higher production than a cartoon for a lot less money, and it looks a whole lot better. Yeah. And it allows you to do really funny and amazing weird things that you can't do live action. Like have an alligator sing, I've got you under my skin while eating little Muppet frogs and having the chorus of frogs in his tummy sing along <laughs> while the alligator sings, I've got you under my skin. Um, ridiculous, but hilarious. I think that's one of the reasons I was never enamored myself. Uh, and I know a lot of Muppet fans were, but I was never really enamored with the Muppet babies because the fact that it was animated yeah. to me lost something. It's like, it's the tangibility of the puppets that um, added uh, something. 
I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. No, Absolutely. I agree. I agree. I I remember Muppet Babies. I remember watching Muppet Babies because it was like on Saturday mornings when mom was still asleep and we could get downstairs. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't the same as the Muppets. Like I would have give me Sesame Street over Muppet Babies any day. And it was only really there because, well, it, it was Muppets, you know, like it was it was something. Um, but. I, I agree. I agree. I also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna out myself and say, I don't like Fraggle Rock as much as the rest of the Muppets. I like it. It's good, but I'm not as into Fraggle Rock. It's coming back. Yeah, it's, I know. It, it, it's back. I, I just had John Tartaglia, who is the producer, head writer, and Gobo Fraggle, um, on, on the, on the show recently. And how is it? It's really good. It's okay. re- the production value is through the roof. Uh, oh. The original Fraggle Rock, which I loved, uh, was, was shot mostly on like they had the the Great Hall, the Fraggle mm-hmm. Great Hall. That was the set. But as they were going through all the tunnels in Fraggle Rock, it was always green screened. Right. Yeah. Uh, this new show. Oh, my God. The money they must have spent building these sets. Uh, the, the original puppeteer for uh, Red Fraggle, uh, Karen Prell. According to John Tartaglia, when she walked onto the new set, she like she just couldn't believe her eyes. She's like, "This is nothing like we had on the original." Oh, wow, that's cool. Oh man, we gotta get it from Apple TV though. Yeah. Ah, I'm like, I haven't heard anything about it being out. That would be why. I mean, fr- the Fraggle, the Fraggles definitely had an influence on my life. I mean, I love the Fraggles, I love the Doozers, and I grew up to become an engineer. So, you know, it's fair. Who yeah. does? Who doesn't love the Doozers? Now. Did Fraggle Rock only had one season? Is that right? No, it was. Um, was it? Four oh no, five or... seasons. Never mind. Five, I'm yes. way wrong. I only own one season. That's why. But I own all the Muppets. That's that's the difference. Yes. So I mean, and we just we did a rewatch of the entire Muppet Show, and I'll I'm gonna give Disney Plus a little credit about how they handled some of the um segments that didn't age well we'll say is that they didn't cut them yeah they just they put would, a note in. they would put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode like you know if there were you know some racially sensitive stuff or whatever but there's a lot of time during the during the episodes we're like is, is this it is this what the disclaimer's for which oh, no, oh, like no, trying the, to figure out what's the disclaimer? It's like which skit, which part got them, you know, riled up? And then it's like, is is this the? Oh, oh no, no, no this, this is, is the what? one. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I know people got upset that they put the disclaimer on there, and it's like, you know what? I would much rather the disclaimer mm-hmm. than 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 take locking the episode away altogether. I, I exactly. like that, that they leave the work out there. And the disclaimer, and the disclaimer was, uh, you know, I thought it was well written because it's yeah. like, you know, we're leaving it here to spark discussion. Please discuss it and then let us know what you think. And, you know, they give yeah. you an address at the bottom. You know, it was the same thing with, uh, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. Horribly racist Mickey Rooney casting as a Chinese guy <laughs> in that. And, but- and much like what the Disney Plus disclaimer says, mm. It wasn't good then, and it's not really not good now. No, exactly. You know, and and like that's something they we we like to pretend that they didn't know when they cast Mickey Rooney as that role. <laughs> they knew exactly what they were doing, right. you know. Um, but yeah, no, like the disclaimer to me, I think is really uh valuable because what other um shows have done is they just you can't see the episode at all. And yeah. so maybe the B plot, like there's one particular one I'm thinking of that 
the the B plot is the problematic and the A plot is like the best of the entire series. But because there was a problematic B plot, no one will ever see that. Well, it's a, that's with if you look at Disney Plus with the Muppet Show. There's yeah. two episodes that have that are not available on Disney Plus. Oh, really? Which uh, ones? Well, there's the Brooke Shields episode, and a lot of people think it has to do with music rights. Uh, that's the the popular theory as to why that one was left off. But the other one is the Chris Latham episode. Chris Latham was a um, a writer for the show. He was a British comedian. He was a writer for the show. And when their guest host dropped out one week, they made him the guest host, but he mm-hmm. wasn't really a celebrity. He was a writer. Yeah. So it was written into the show that the guest host uh, canceled and they got the delivery guy who was making a delivery to the, to the studio. They put him on as the, as the host because they didn't have a host. But the thing is this writer uh, was arrested for pedophilia oh uh, so the whole episode yeah, was pulled yeah. and the thing is there's some really great bits in that episode and it's like it's a shame that disney couldn't find a way to yeah cut the host out and be like well here's some of the skits that the host was not a part of um but yeah no and you know that's one of those things like as you're describing these episodes i remember them and i'm like did i did we see them? Were they actually cut? And I don't know. Is it just because I have it on physical media or is it? Yeah. Wow. I didn't even realize that. That's that's a shame. That's a real shame. So I wish they were all on. I'll say yeah, that. The, uh, the Brooke, as I'm going through it here, the Brooke Shields episode, they do Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. I, I see here a picture of Fozzie Bear as the Tin Man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was uh, it was a. um an Alice in Wonderland episode. The whole thing was yeah. Alice in Wonderland, but like the thing was they were getting the story wrong. So the characters from the wizard of Oz would pop in. And... Oh, it was really cute. Actually. And oh, I see. We're going to have to dig it out on the physical media and rewatch it because I, you're, as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, no, we did not recently watch this. So it, it was available. You know, the, the, um, the seasons were coming out and uh, season four and five never were released as a complete season on DVD. Yes, I know. But some season four and five episodes are on the old time life releases. Yep. And the Brooke Shields episode is definitely on the Time Life DVDs. So what we're talking about is that uh, back in the early-ish 2005 to 7 or 8 or something like that, I don't recall exactly when, they were releasing the Muppet seasons. And it was great because the DVD box set was if you got it in the first run, they were fuzzy like the Muppet who was on the cover. So I've got a fuzzy Kermit and a fuzzy... Uh, uh, Miss Piggy, Miss Piggy, and a Fuzzy Fuzzy, and it was supposed to be Gonzo with the with the next one, um, and that one never came out, and I think it was because Disney was buying the Muppets, and that it, stopped. Disney that. actually had already um owned them at that point. It was Disney. Oh, really? Out, they, okay. Yeah, they put out the first three seasons. I think it was a combination of they weren't selling as well as they hoped. And, I was on the waiting um, list for all of them. <laughs> and paying for music rights. I think mm. that like the clearance of the music rights was an yeah. issue. Right. Which, by the way, can I just say, Disney, that serves you right. <laughs> like, they're the ones that made copyright laws so strict and then they couldn't release stuff because of copyright law. I mean, that kind of serves <laughs> them right. Anyway, um, <laughs> it just makes me laugh. But yeah, so we recently went through and we rewatched 
the entire everything that's available on Disney Plus. And um, aside from, like we said, the things that are dated, like it's just so good. It's just so smart and so funny. And you can tell that a lot of the actors, um, they're there more, not so much to plug something, but because they're so excited to be able to do it. Well, I, I think that's one of the things that works with that show yeah. that I loved it so much and why it still holds up today. It's that it's not like the evening chat shows where the celebrity is only there to plug a new book or a movie or a TV show and the host nine times out of 10 has absolutely no idea who they are and hasn't even read the book. Yeah. Um, the Muppet show it's, Hey, you're a celebrity. Come on, let's do a crazy, silly, stupid song and dance number. And you know, have you dance with a bunch of chickens? Yeah. Okay. Well, sounds great. Sounds great. Season, season one of the Muppet show is very interesting because the Muppet show wasn't really a thing yet. And most of the celebrities didn't know what it was. So if you look at the celebrities they got for season one, it's some real reaches because they couldn't get anyone. Like you've got people like Moomenshants and no offense to Moomenshants, but you know, they're not exactly, yeah, but they're not, they're not exactly like a a big name, Uh, but it's like, those are the kind of people they were getting. And then Hollywood caught on and it's like, Hey, this show's brilliant. I, I remember, um, seeing in the but in the first season you they they had like these little pop-up kermit facts and it was talking about how most of those original guests were doing them as favors they were they were favors Hmm. for um uh, jim or other people and and everything else and so that's where all of that came from that's where everybody showed up and it was like fantastic some of some of the the gets that they got were pretty amazing um but um uh you know just coming on as as you know oh yeah i'll do this thing with you and then the commitment that it must take because it's not i'm gonna sit there and talk to you for a half hour it's oh we're gonna do a week of rehearsals and we're gonna do like these dance numbers and all this other stuff and uh, choreography i mean that's a that's a big undertaking that's you know to the level of doing saturday night live you know to my understanding they the celebrities weren't there that long though Oh no. It's my understanding that they tried to like shoot all their stuff uh first, get mm-hmm. it done with, and then the, the the Muppet segments that did not involve the celebrities were were done after the fact. Like I think they tried to get them in and out because they had to fly to England. Yeah. Right. One of the one of the uh deals, you know, no, none of the networks wanted the Muppet show. No. Nah. And uh it's Lord Grade, yeah, Lord Lord Grade in in England was like, I'll I'll give you the money, but the the rule is like, if you're gonna, uh, we'll pay for this show, but it has to be shot here in England. Yeah. So. Uh well, I mean, and there were some advantages to that, you know, for instance, the Star Wars crossovers and so forth. That was always fun because that was all in England as well. There's a great story that I have that I read um from um Alice Cooper. And it was that he went into rehab and the first gig he had out of rehab was the Muppet show. And his sobriety was very important to him. And he said, the Muppet show is my test. If I can do the Muppet show, if I can do this first gig without falling off the wagon and having to go back into rehab, then I can continue show business. But he was ready to quit and ready to give up completely, never do another show because he didn't think he could do rock and roll and be sober. And so he went and did the Muppet show. 
And his Muppet Show episode is so good. It's so good. I mean, come on. Welcome to my nightmare. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Mr. Cooper. Mr. Cooper. I just want to let you know, those monsters aren't ours. I know. They're mine. I, I love the scene where um, Sam tells him, like, everything that's wrong with him. Like, you, sir, are a weirdo. You are. And he's like, Sam's telling him off. And Alice Cooper just goes, gee, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And it's just, it's, it's given me more of an appreciation for that episode, but it makes me like that kind of like, oh, this is like a real serious thing that I'm going to have to do. And if I can put up with the stress of the Muppet show, then I could do any show. I, that kind of, you know, sent, sends a message of, of, of that level of expectation, at least at that, at that point. Stuff about the Muppet show that just have always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. That- one of them is the concept of the running gag. <laughs> yeah. I love a good running gag and they were the mass myth. It's a myth. What? It's a myth. And then a lady, yes. Yeah. You know? I love a good running gag. And they, they now were that's really, a running really gag. that's a running gag. Um, I, I am, I love bad schlock comedy and Fozzie Bear as the worst comic of all time. What? Ears? Just for the halibut. Just for the halibut. Uh, it I mean, starts with exactly that. The first episode, we've got the phone keeps ringing and then water comes out. It's the water department. Uh, smoke yeah, comes out. It's the fire department, you know, and, and the, it just coins goes, coming out of it. Was that all? Oh, it's Las Vegas, uh, <laughs> um, or scooter throughout all four seasons. Like, this is a stupid idea, scooter. We're not doing it. Never are we ever going to do it. Well, I'll just call my uncle who owns the theater. That's a great idea. Let's go ahead and do it. But, and the other thing is that these, you know, making a TV show is serious business. Right. Uh, even a comedy, you know, it's very serious. You know, people's, you know, livelihood depend on making these shows and making sure you have a good product. But it doesn't mean you can't have fun at work. And it was obvious in a lot of these skits and a lot of these things that they put on film that a lot of the time they were having a lot of fun. And at no time is that more evident to me than one of my favorite skits, The Swedish Chef. Because <laughs> most Muppets have... Because a, a human puppeteer only has two arms. So one of the arms of the puppet is like glued to its side or not visible. And the puppet only has one arm because the Muppeteer has the other hand in the head, moving all the mouth flappy bits. The Swedish chef is different because the Swedish chef has two arms because it's one puppeteer as the two hands and then the other guy moving the head and the mouth flappy bits. But the thing is, is that they wouldn't talk as I understand it. And Joe's going to correct me. They <laughs> They wouldn't talk beforehand so the idea was to try to trip each other up so the hands are doing something crazy while the head's doing something else and they're trying to act in this coordinated scene and i love the moments where one of them loses it because the laugh track sounds funny because it's one of the muppeteers just busting a gut laughing (laughs) because the other guy made him laugh while he throws spoons at the backgrounds or pulls out a shotgun or now joe correct me that's Jim and Frank in the beginning, right? Uh, it, well, Jim Henson, uh, I, you never know who's doing the other arm because he, here's how it works. Uh, now, the, the Swedish chef is, um, is Jim Henson, one of Jim Henson's characters. Right. So Jim would control the head with his right hand and the left hand. And, <laughs> and another uh, puppeteer would would right arm. In fact, all puppeteers 
before they're given their own character, start off as right arms. Cookie Monster needs a right arm. Telly Monster needs a right arm. Uh, and well, even the rod, you know, there's two kinds of Muppets. There's live hand Muppets, Cookie Monster, the Swedish chef, uh, Telly Monster. They're all live hand Muppets. Mm-hmm. But then someone like Grover is an arm rod. Yeah. Uh, but all the Muppets need someone to control the right arm and that's how puppeteers get started before they're ever given their own character they're told you know you need to right arm for oh frank's doing miss piggy go right arm for him you know mm-hmm. um and that's how they get their training but frank and jim loved to screw each other up oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they, in fact they said uh, frank oz has said in interviews that uh, you know, there, there's not the kind of camaraderie where if one guy screws up, you try to help him out. They said if one guy screws up, you would below the frame grin at him like, how are you going to get out of this one? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And I think that that kind of um camaraderie and 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 fun on set is... It shows through. And it's one of the reasons why Muppets are different than just puppets. Like, I love puppets. I mean, we've all seen Rory. Um, but Rory's but, a real live dragon. I don't know what your problem I don't, is. I don't know what you're insinuating. Yeah. What, oh, I would never say anything else. Um, but uh, uh, Muppets are more than just puppets. You know, there is definitely a extra life inside them and i think like you said it comes from that atmosphere it comes from how they work together and i am very curious about the different atmospheres on like different muppet projects um because like for instance there was that abc uh muppet show that was kind of like the office drama mm-hmm. about miss piggy's show and it starts out kind of cold and it doesn't quite work and then as it goes along and the, it, and the story starts progressing, it actually becomes a really good show. And that spark, that Muppet magic eventually comes out. And I wonder how much of it was that these, the people working on that show just weren't used to working together at that point. Uh, yeah. It's also, I think people trying to be edgy and cool and trying yeah. to change the format because no one knows what vaudeville is now. And no one wants to watch a bunch of people sing and dance. They want to see something like what they've seen so you know trying to bring it in as an office drama by the way that entire show was only made worthwhile because uncle deadly is amazing uncle deadly is amazing i actually had the the opposite opinion of you on that show i i I thought it started out brilliant and that they kind of screwed it up because the network got involved uh the network Mm. came in and tampered with it and said oh well we're going to change the showrunner and we're going to change this and this and this and i didn't think it worked as well uh I think what happened with that show was ignorance on the part of certain members of the audience. Uh, it was being advertised as a more adult Muppet show. Mm. And that immediately led to protests. Um, yeah. Mothers were writing in and complaining. And, you know, the, the, was it the they called them the, what, the, the million moms or whatever they call them. Oh, yeah, them. yeah. These people million were million moms in. that were like 20. Yeah, they, they start in like, like with their letter writing campaigns. But what these people don't understand is that the Muppets were always for adults. Yeah. yeah. They were family friendly. Don't get me wrong. They were family friendly. But Jim Henson, if you called the Muppet show a children's act, he would have been insulted. Yeah. In his mind, Sesame Street was for children. 
The Muppet Show was an adult show that children could enjoy. So as soon as people heard like adult Muppet Show, they were like, what? This is uh, this is a disgrace. Jim Henson would not have wanted this. And it's like, no, that's exactly no. what he would have. I mean, then, he wanted to call the original show Sex and Violence. No, that's the name of the pilot. Yeah. 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 But I think that was supposed to be the original name of the show. But yeah, I mean, like he he just. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like that was the beauty of the Muppet show. It was adult humor that you didn't have to send your kid away for. Your kid could watch with you. When in the 2015 ABC series was starting, there was a promo that I thought was hilarious. Uh one of the setups of the show was that uh Miss Piggy and Kermit had just broken up mm-hmm. and Kermit had a new girlfriend named Denise who I'm going to go on the record and say I like Denise a lot better than Miss Piggy because Miss Piggy's mean. She beats up Kermit all the time. She, anyway, she is. She is mean. Uh, but uh, Ken Jong was was um, in one of the promos, and Ken Jong and Kermit were having a conversation, and Kermit's talking to him, talking to him, and a car drives by, and Denise is in the car, and Denise is, is also a pig. And Kermit stops what he's doing and just mid-sentence goes uh, – and just watches the car and he doesn't break eyes with Denise and Ken Jong goes, wow, you really have a type, don't you? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I was just, you know, as you were talking about Denise, I was thinking like that was such a like, oh yeah, it's you piggy, but younger and more submissive and yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, yes, exactly. Kermit has a type for sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And, you know, I mean, everybody, myself included, often many of us, we grew up thinking Kermit's the hero. And, you know, when you go back and you rewatch stuff, you're like, oh no, Kermit is so very flawed. So very flawed. Um, now we had, I think possibly the better viewing experience where we weren't watching it every single week. We watched it after it was over. And so I didn't have any of that like influence of people talking about it or things like that. When it aired, um, it just wasn't available streaming where we were and streaming. I don't even think was that big at that point. So, but we were cord cutters anyway. And so seeing it all after the fact, um, it makes me kind of sad that I was like, Oh man, I kind of wish I did watch it because then maybe it would still be on the air, <laughs> you know, because so, I think that they did some amazing things there. So I'm formulating a question for the panel here. Yes, go right ahead. I have no answer for this, but it just suddenly dawned on me that the Muppets is a lot like Star Trek. Okay. And that there's been TV shows across multiple generations, some good, some not as good, some we're willing to forget. The animated one of each one are the worst. Muffet Babies and Trek Animated. Except for... Lower Decks, which Lower is Dex, the greatest yeah. Star Trek of yes, all time. Yes. Lower Decks and Prodigy is really good, too. Yes, yes. Uh, we I, just started it. We just started I got to watch more of it, but the, the, the pilot we watched was pretty promising, looked pretty good. But the, one, the, the question I have is, another similarity that they both have is that TV shows are amazing. Mm-hmm. The movies, not as good. And in varying degrees of quality. So yeah. what is the lightning in a bottle that you can capture in a one hour or half hour TV show that works really, really good, but you give them a movie budget and make a movie and all of a sudden that quality seems to. Well, I think that my argument here is that the Muppet movie, the first Muppet movie is really good. Uh, yes. And, and Star Trek, the motion picture was a, a little too long, <sighs> but really good. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and then it took until until Star Trek Four when they saved a bunch of crap lousy whales for it to get you know really good again. And then there's you know there's yeah, then they have to go find God needs a starship for some reason. And- I think I think when when the Muppet movies started to decline though is when we started losing voices and and it was them trying to figure out how are we doing this now. I I see. I can't agree with this only because I think there's only two Star Trek movies that I would call bad. Like there's only two Star Trek movies that I think are bad, and that is Nemesis and Into Darkness. Oh, those movies, those movies drive me crazy. Uh, the rest I could I find you know I enjoy to one extent or the other. And with the Muppets, the only Muppet movie I really am not crazy about is treasure island uh there's things about it i like i like the rats that think they're on a cruise is hilarious and, <laughs> but ultimately that movie doesn't hold together for me so much but i ultimately i like all most of these movies <laughs> i i'm gonna say like when when we criticize trek we like them we've watched them all or most of them um and it's similar in the whole muppets i'm thinking like, what are the movies that you go back and you rewatch? I will never watch the Red Matter Universe Star Trek movies again. They can all die in a horrible fire. JJ I, was the worst thing to happen to Star Trek since I can't think of anything worse. Um, there, there were redeeming qualities to that, though. To, By the way, if you're interested in Star Trek and the Muppets, I would like to recommend the Muppet Trek podcast, which does one-to-one reviews of the Muppet Show and Star Trek, the original series. What? Is this another one of your projects? Please tell me it's another one of your no, projects. No, I have nothing I have nothing to do with that except the fact that I'm a listener. Mm. <laughs> that is fantastic. Muppet track, yep. Play on nerds. Oh my goodness. All right. Now I'll have to look at that later because if I click on it, it's gonna start talking and then I'll have somebody else's podcast on here. That's hysterical. But I mean like the Muppet movies, I would say that most of them I rewatch and I absolutely love rewatching them. Um, but there's some, you know, like that, that maybe not as much, you know, like that second Muppet movie after the Walter Muppet movie. Oh, see, oh, I like, I like that one. Most better. Wanted. I, like, I, I like it. It just, you like it better than the... I liked, I liked it better than the one with Jason Siegel. And I really liked the one with Jason Siegel, but I like the second really one better one because the Muppets were more front and center. I mean, the, the Jason Siegel one, they kind of handed the movie over to Jason Siegel and Amy Adams, whom I like. Fair. The next one, the Muppets were back front and center again. And I think that movie's just hilarious the the whole thing with sam and uh ty burrell as the agents and uh trying to outdo each other my badge is bigger oh you must have not been looking at my other badge (laughs) i i love and then the music in that one there's a song the interrogation song we're talking oh my gosh with tina fey yeah oh that see i i adore that movie (laughs) i mean now that we're talking about it but i'll tell you i don't think I've rewatched it. So that's that's one of those things. Like I watch the Muppet Christmas Carol and I like it, but I don't rewatch it a lot. Um, I think the Muppet Christmas Carol, it's not my favorite. It's mm-hmm. not my favorite. But being a part of Muppet fandom um and seeing what other people like, it might be the most popular Muppet movie with the fans. Like people are crazy really? about yeah. the Muppet Christmas. Personally speaking, I think 
And that's with Michael Caine, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from my perspective, I cannot put any Muppet movie above the three that Jim Henson worked on. The Muppet Hands movie, down. Great Muppet Caper, and Muppet Steak Manhattan. Those are yeah. always They're awesome. the three because um, Jim was involved. We played the tape off of those growing up, like the literal tape, like we had tracking lines. So it got to the point where Muppet Take Manhattan was the only one that didn't have tracking lines in the middle of it. Um, and, and like, oh my gosh, those are Bill, Phil, and Gil. Gil, exactly. We just showed that movie to Kira, uh, like two, three weeks ago. Oh my God. It's still, still so funny. <laughs> It it absolutely kills me. Using the bus lockers as an apartment building. <laughs> I will say Muppets Wizard of Oz is one that I've only ever seen once. Now, I have right. seen Muppets from Space a few times. Uh, that one I You enjoyed. tried to make me watch it. I think I fell asleep twice. It, not my favorite. Not your favorite. But a lot of the pop culture that is in that one, you were not interested in when it was made either. Yeah, well, there's that too. <laughs> um, Wizard of Oz, by the way, when when we talk movies, I, I didn't even think of Wizard of Oz because that was a, a TV project. Yeah. It was a made-for-TV movie, but it didn't play theatrically, so I didn't even consider that one, but but that one is not popular with Muppet fans. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm glad then. <laughs> Although, I, it's, it's very interesting to me that the Muppet Christmas Carol is like the biggest one. That's surprising. And, and it, I, it might be generational. It yeah. might just be like the time it came out, like so many people grew up with it. I'm not sure. Mm. One of the great things about The Muppet Show as well, different than you can do with like actors or with a cartoon, is that it's relatively simple to go into a workshop and, you know, change the ears, put on a different nose, and then walk out with a different character. I mean, what were the, the generic, with the what's-its? What-nots. The what-nots, where they could just gen generically, like, Velcro them together and make a new character to come out for, for a skit. Uh, so the question is, is there an obscure, because the cast is huge, the cast is massive of hundreds and hundreds of these characters, is there an obscure Muppet from the past that you think is due for a comeback? Because I have an old favorite from the Mupp from the Sesame Street that I would love to come back. Mm. And his name is Lefty. Oh, uh. yes. And he's got a trench coat, and he's walking around, and he's that guy in the corner. Psst. Hey, come here. Do you want to buy a watch? But instead of a watch, it's always like a, the letter P or the number six. You want to buy a nine? You want to buy a nine? The invisible ice cream cone. You want to buy an invisible ice cream cone? Remember that one? Yeah. No. <laughs> He's like, what? Well, he's like, uh, he's tried to sell Ernie an invisible ice cream cone, and Ernie, he didn't know. He's like, what? What, do you, what flavor is it? Vanilla. He's <laughs> like, oh, I only like uh, Banana Royale Tutti Frutti. Oh, I got one of those here too. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then it's, look, what am I going to use a number five for? <laughs> you could use it like, like for a lot of things. Like two of them make a ten, right? <laughs> I love Lefty. He needs to come back. He's he's pretty great. Um. I don't think he should be obscure, and I, I know that both Joe and I are big fans of him, and that is that every time I would ever bring up Roosevelt Franklin to anybody... Who? They, that's what they would say. <laughs> Nobody knows who he is. And I would love to see him come back. Well, as the baby on this podcast, because I'm the youngest one yes. here, I don't remember watching the character growing up. So, And I'm only a year younger than you, so... <laughs> Did I tell you my Roosevelt Franklin story? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead and share with the podcast, uh, though, because absolutely. they probably haven't. 
uh, I have, and don't ask me how this happened because it's just one of those things that I, I don't know. I don't, I think you ju- I just wished it into existence, but somehow, uh, the universe has allowed me the opportunity to be on the Sesame street set twice now. Awesome. I, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know how it happened once, but somehow it happened twice. And the second time, uh, when you go on the Sesame street set, there is a, uh, a cabinet uh, with, with filled with Muppets that uh, it's, it's the Henson table. The Henson company has a table in the back where they kind of ready the puppets to go on the air. And it's usually only the puppets that are being used that day on that episode. That's the puppets. They, because they don't keep them there. They keep them at the Henson company headquarters. They bring them in for shooting, but the Henson cabinet was open and sitting on a hook in the Henson cabinet for some odd reason, because they don't use them on the show anymore. I don't know why he was there. There sat Roosevelt Franklin and my eyes like popped out of my head and I'm like, oh, Roosevelt Franklin. And I started like nudging uh, my friend, Dave. I'm like, Dave, Dave, it's Roosevelt Franklin. And my, my friend, Joe Hennis from tough pigs, who was the one who had invited me to the set. I'm like, Joe, look. and he's like, Oh my God. He's like, I don't know why Roosevelt Franklin would be here. They only like, like he couldn't understand why Roosevelt Franklin was there. And the, the person from the Henson company is like, yeah, I wonder why Roosevelt Franklin's in there. And, and, and it was just, it was just amazing. So Eric Jacobson is the puppeteer who performs many characters, uh, Grover, Bert, uh, Oscar the Grouch now that Carol Spinney's passed. And, uh, he was good enough to let us get pictures with Grover. And he, he talked to my daughters, you know, keep a Grover on. And my daughter had a conversation with Grover. And I remember Kira, watching those videos. Kira couldn't be there. So, uh, she sent, uh, she got a message from Grover. And, uh, you know, after we got these pictures and everything, uh, I got bold. I just said to to him, I go, you know, Mr. Jacobson, um, I hate to impose, but uh, Roosevelt Franklin's in the cabinet. Is there any way I can get a picture with Roosevelt Franklin? And my friend Joe Hennis from Tough Pigs, he almost fainted. Like, oh, my God, you asked him? Like, how could you? He works there. And he's like, he wouldn't have dared to do this. And uh, he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to get in so much trouble. This guy I invited went, you know. But Eric Jacobson couldn't have been nicer. He's like, Roosevelt Franklin's here? What's he doing here? And I'm like, eh. so he goes to the cabinet. He was flummoxed, couldn't figure out why Roosevelt Franklin was in the cabinet. But he got Roosevelt Franklin, put him on, and let me and my friend Dave Perillo pose for pictures with Roosevelt Franklin. And then Joe Hennis, who was so embarrassed that I asked, goes, um, Eric, I've never seen Roosevelt Franklin on set before. Uh, c- can I get a picture? He goes, <laughs> <laughs> he goes, sure. Next thing we know, a line formed. Of all people, staff members who worked on Sesame Street, who had never seen Roosevelt Franklin on set before, a line formed of people waiting to get their picture taken with Roosevelt Franklin. So if you're listening to this and you're like, who is Roosevelt Franklin? Roosevelt Franklin is the official first black Muppet because he was the coolest Muppet. I like to me, I don't know if I knew, realized that he was supposed to be black. I just knew he was cool. He talked cool. Everything was kind of jazzy. And, and, and back in the day, they'd say he talked jive. Um, and, and he was cool. He was so cool. Anyway, he's magenta with Ernie type hair. He looks like a cross between Ernie and Prairie Dawn. 
and he has an orange and red striped shirt and his hair is spiky and he is just awesome. And as a kid, I loved him. And then he just stopped coming around, but I had the puppet. So I was like, I want more Roosevelt Franklin. And then he had his own little song and everything. Now, after you told that story on your show, I remember doing some investigating or something. And that's what, cause you had also told the story about how the original Gordon had invented him or created the character and that the original Gordon is Holly Robinson's dad. And it, HBO it, was doing a special, right? Yes. I, I, I just say real quick, he's one of the rare characters where, where, um, uh, Gordon or Holly Robinson's dad, uh, yeah. Matt Robinson did the voice of the character. Not the puppeteering, just the yeah. voice. And that's one of the rare Muppet characters where the puppeteer was not the voice. That That's incredibly rare that they would do a, a dub over of another actor. And I'll give credit to Sesame Street and Jim Henson because it was the first black character and it was a black person doing the voice. They didn't say, let's just make, you know, one of the other puppeteers do the voice. And it, yeah, I... I Exactly. Like the only time that one of the human characters is also a voice and not the puppeteer. But um, also his mom, Roosevelt Franklin's mom was voiced by the actress who plays Susan on Sesame Street. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't realize that. That's so cool. So they did a special and I could never find the special. Now that I have HBO, I still can't find it. Have you seen it? I have, uh, and I can't remember the title of it. It was, it was about a year ago, um, spotlighting the like, or maybe I guess two, three years ago. I don't know. In, in, in the post pandemic world, time stands still. It's still smart. It's all smart. <laughs> <laughs> like, Lousy smart weather. I, I saw a friend of mine for the first time in years, uh, a couple weeks ago, and she said, she said, I haven't seen you since before the blip. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was celebrating the 50th anniversary of the show, which was a couple of years ago, that, that special. And I can't remember the title of it. Ah, yeah. And so I knew that, like, I, I can find things about it, but I can't find, like, to actually watch it, which is makes me so sad because, like, that's a character that I actually really do care about. Um, but I, I would say he, he's an obscure character based on your age. Anyone younger than me, and even most people my age, probably don't know who he is. No, I mean, and even, you know, my sister and I, my sister is two and a half years younger than me. There's Muppets that I remember that she doesn't. Like, she doesn't know who Harry is. Oh, Harry's a good one that you don't see around much anymore. Harry is currently my Facebook uh, profile. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he is. You're right. (laughs) I am. I don't know. While while we're reminiscing, I, I, another another deep personal favorite of mine has always been the two headed monster. Yes, and I I think of all of the Muppets that are out there, I think the two other than Snuffy, because I, I I think the two headed monster gives the best hug because you just put your head in like the middle shoulder and then both arms wrap around and you get like a two sided hug. And there's think, no extra arms. There's no extra arm to get in the way. I think the two headed monster would be give a fantastic, but Snuffy would give the best because it's just a big snuffle hug. I, 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 I still, um, maintain that of the Muppets I have hugged, uh, Grover gives the best hugs. With those noodly arms? Yes. Uh, they wrap around you perfectly. <laughs> it's like two boa, I, con- it's like two boa constrictors. <laughs> it, for, for my obscure Muppets that I'd like to see come back. Yes, uh, please. I, I, I got, I got two for you. Okay. Uh, I'll give you the less obscure of the two first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the amazing Mumford. 
Oh, oh yes. Man. I love peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> yes. yes. The amazing Mumford has sadly been mostly forgotten. I don't think most of today's kids that my, I'm happy to say my kids know who Mumford is, mm. uh, but uh, you don't see Mumford anymore. I loved the amazing Mumford as a kid. And now I'll go for my most obscure, mm. another Sesame street character, Harvey knee slapper. I know that Har- one. Harvey knee slapper had wild hair, googly eyes, and he used to go around cackling nonstop and play jokes on people. Like he'd go up to people and go, Hey, <laughs> oh, yes, marks the spot. <laughs> and then they'd say, What spot? And he'd throw, he'd throw Do a you spot mean- on them. Clinton from Comedy Forecast? Because that's what he looks like. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And you say wow because you're like, oh my gosh, I never realized. <laughs> yeah, so Harvey Kneeslapper has uh, transformed himself into a podcaster and oh, puts man. out an episode anytime the date has a four in it. <laughs> is 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 Clinton going to be insulted by that? I, 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 I think, I think Clinton will take it on the chin. Uh, <laughs> I love Harvey Knee Slapper. <laughs> Every year, Sesame Place in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, they put out, uh, they have what they call the classic character collection where they'll put out plush, you know, obviously they mm-hmm. sell Bert and Ernie and, you know, uh, Oscar, you know, Grover. They sell them all the time. But every year they'll take an obscure character and they call it the classic character collection and they put out an obscure one. Uh, like last year was the two-headed monster. Uh, but I keep telling them to do um i get on their on their instagram i'm like uh how about uh amazing mumford and harvey knee slap and they're uh, like who I can't imagine they're ever gonna do harvey knee slapper i would love it but i just don't know how many of these are. he would do things like he'd look in a paper bag and he'd be going <laughs> and he'd say to someone you want to see and they'd say what you want to see and they go yeah and he'd pull out the letter c and stick it on them and go there <laughs> and he'd run off <laughs> it's fantastic i love it i love it all so much um years previously i would have said sweetums because sweetums kind of disappeared after the muppet show and some of the movies but he seems to be making a comeback so um um it's yeah, it's hard to think of like the super obscure maybe um uh uh Marvin Zuggs. <laughs> <laughs> Sweetums and Sam Eagle are my two favorite Muppets both. Sam is amazing. <laughs> Those are both great. You could do Sweetums. You're tall enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just look I you know I, I just look at Sam and I want to laugh. He doesn't even have to say anything. He just has that it's the you know what? It's the condescending eyebrows, I think. <laughs> Stand up for all the moral dignity on the show well, and now the musical stylings of Wayne and Wanda. God, I love him. Well, the thing is it's like for Sam I think what makes the Muppets and I'm talking the Muppets, you know, the Muppet show and the Muppet movies and all of the adult humor, what makes it all work so well is that it has art and culture in it. Like he's always like, this is all weird and not appropriate. It's not art. It's not culture, but it really is because it is based on vaudeville. It's skits. It's singing. It's dancing. It's, you know, introducing some amazing performers to general audiences. Um, you know, you've got Leslie Uggams on the Muppet show. It's amazing. And, and, and I always thought that was so funny that he was so down on everything. Meanwhile, it's much more highbrow. 
Frank Oz explained Sam the Eagle. He said a lot of people don't understand Sam. They said, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like a lot of the newer writers think that Sam is like ultra conservative. That's the way they write him. And he said, that's not really what Sam is. Sam is the, the, he's the censor. Yes. He's the censor, but nobody knows what the, what the rules are. He hasn't explained them to anyone. What, like real censors. (laughs) Like real censors. (laughs) Exactly. I I will say that um they have a the the new character the the little is it a beaver no it's uh oh a um, the the uh, lawyer yeah Joe Joe from legal yeah Joe from legal yeah the little groundhog nope, the- <laughs> nope can't say that nope can't say that so like they get the joke they just don't realize it's supposed to be Sam so I have a question mm. what is a newer character that you love because and this is coming based off of. I remember being very, very resentful to Elmo because to me growing up, Elmo was changing Sesame Street and was annoying and I didn't like Elmo and I was very against Elmo because all of my beloved characters were going away and everybody was focusing on this Elmo. I now love Elmo. I've, 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 I've gone past it and realized Sesame Street was no longer for me at that time anyway, but I also really love Elmo now. So I want to know what are some of the newer characters, like the characters in the, the newer characters in the last 20 years. There's a, there's a character (laughs) that I've always loved that has gone through a foundational shift and they've changed the character. And now I think I love him even more than before, but I think my favorite Muppet in this is Uncle Deadly because Uncle Deadly before he was just the spooky, scary looking Muppet. Nah, the do, Phantom of the Theater. Nah, and he would do like monster movie stuff, but then all of a sudden he turns into Piggy's personal assistant and he's like doing her hair and tailoring her dresses and he's always the thing trying to keep Piggy contained and always, always running perpetual damage control and, you know, fostering penguin chicks in her dressing room for whatever reason um it just it the the new direction they took uh uncle deadly and i really really enjoy i think that's one of my favorite of the the new wave of characters let's say i would agree with that i think i think uncle deadly is amazing like i mean i don't get me wrong i love the old uh jerry nelson was the original uncle deadly i love jerry nelson's uncle deadly it was funny but uh what matt vogel has done with uh uncle deadly over the last decade has been it's just been incredible to watch mm. it's 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 practically a different character uh, now I, I would so say funny. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I I would say for me, I would have to go with um Abby Cadabby because <sighs> Abby Cadabby is a character that I have no uh, nostalgia for. Uh, she she didn't exist in my day. I I just I you know who who was that? Who was Abby Cadabby? I don't know. They introduce her. She was meant to appeal to. She was meant to be the girly girl character because you know a lot of. You know how Sesame Street is. A lot of the characters are very, uh, um, what's the word? Um, you know, they, they, boys. Well, well, I mean, with, with the, the female characters like Prairie Dawn and they try to make them very, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say like, like give like positive messages because that would indicate that, uh, Abby is not positive and that's not where they seem. Prairie Dawn is more meek. More quiet, more well, subdued. 
Oh, not really. Not really. Uh, uh, Prairie Dawn was like the, 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 the tough take charge girl. Yeah. You know, she wanted to be the director. Oh, quiet, everybody. That's I'm true. That's true. Um, but with, with Abby, the, 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 the push was to do a girly character, pink yeah. fairies wearing a tutu, like not like, um, I can't find the word I'm trying to find here. I apologize. No, that's okay. Uh, but, but like, not like, um, you know, in, in, in the, in the rise of girl power, right? Exactly. Like there was it, definitely that rise of girl power that you, to be a strong character who is female, you had to be the one that beat everybody up. You had to not like pink. You had to look away from pink and right. there you can be strong and love pink and tutus and fairies and unicorns. Right. And that's exactly what Abby is. And I think, it, I think that's what you were searching for. It was the character who was leaning into the quote unquote stereotypical, uh, yeah. this is what a girl would appeal to appeal to a girl. And that's, you know, being, you know, a guy, that's not exactly the kind of character I'd be drawn to. And it was seeing that character up close and in person and getting a fairy hug from her and uh having that character talk to me um i mean you walk away from that encounter not totally in love with that character i i mean you've got to have like a heart of stone i don't know how you can watch her on a single episode or anything and not fall in love with her the instant you notice her wings flap your heart (laughs) shatters because they don't just flap all the time they flap with her emotions yeah um She's, she's very intricate. She's very positive. She's very, um, uh, uh, unique and she notices things like there's this wired interview. I think it's wired. Anyway, there's, there's one where they're, um, yeah, it's the auto, it's the autocomplete, was it? Where they no, answer? it's the one where they're pretending to be each other. They're doing impersonations of oh, each other. Yes, yes. And she does the count. Speaking of obscure characters that you're not seeing as much anymore. And she's like, I am the count. One, two, three. And then she goes, Sewin. He says Sewin. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I lose it every time. And she's just, she's, she's so bright. She's so full of energy. She what came out. And when she came out, I had a niece who was exactly Abby. Like when we saw the Lego movie, we're like, Oh, Unikitty, that's, that's you. Um, and Abby was w- 100% this, this, uh, niece. And I, I, I can't help but be absolutely in love with Abby. I agree. I agree. Abby is 100% right there. I will say, um, a, a second maybe to Abby would be, uh, Rosita. I absolutely love Rosita. She makes me so happy. And, um, I, 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 again, it's that she's always very positive and celebratory and, and all about getting people together. And I, I don't know. Again, she just makes me smile and, and she teaches me Spanish. So that's helpful. <laughs> Bezos, Bezos. My, 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 one of my other nieces would come up to me and go, Bezos, Bezos, because she wanted kisses. Like Rosita taught her to say. <laughs> I, I'll give you a, a recent Muppet that I love. Um, because we, we, you know, we say recent or, or newer and, yeah. uh, we're 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 three old people. Yes, uh, yes. So we're well. We I'm, we spent a half hour talking about Roosevelt Franklin. Right, right, <laughs> right. So like some of these characters aren't as recent as um as they could be. Uh, but here's one who who 
Constantine, the world's most dangerous frog. Uh, it's Kermit's evil doppelganger. Yes, with the with the little things. Oh my God, he is so funny, and uh, and uh, he was performed by Matt Vogel in Muppets Most Wanted, and Matt Vogel as Constantine trying to imitate Kermit just kills me. Like when he's trying to learn, um, uh, daydream or no, was it the rainbow connection? And he's like, mm-hmm. he watches the tape and Kermit goes, the lovers, the dreamers and me. And then Constantine goes, the lovers, the dreamers and cheese. And, cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and the little mole. And oh man. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, uh, I there's, think of the Muppets, that's my favorite. Ah, the Muppets. Uh, there is an obscure character that we've neglected to mention, and I mm. think rightfully so. Mm. We're talking about neglected characters. Let's talk about Forgetful Jones. Oh, Forgetful uh, Jones. I would have mentioned him, but I oh, forgot. I forgot. <laughs> and his horse Buster. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I love it. Uh, you know one that we haven't seen in a little while? Mm. Uh, Guy Smiley, oh, which again I, may be a I product push. of his time. I pushed hard, man. I pushed hard on Twitter. I couldn't get anyone to join my campaign. But when Alex Trebek died and they were doing week-long guest hosts, <laughs> of I kept oh tweeting God. out, get Guy, Guy Smiley. Smiley. A yes. week of Guy Smiley. And it wouldn't pick up. Nobody was like, like picking up. Like I, I had a hashtag, like guy smiley, like host jeopardy. Nobody was joining me. And then I had people go like, well, if it's going to be a Muppet, it should probably be Kermit. And I'm like, no, guy no, smiley. Guy smiley. Yeah. Like, if it's not going to be guy smiley, have it be the news anchor from the Muppet show with the Muppet news flash. <laughs> it's a daily double. <laughs> Only if things fall on him. The things would have to be continuously falling on him because that was always the best part of that Muppet News Flash. That would have been so great, and I think Alex would have loved it. Just saying. They uh unfortunately and and the, the performer who who is Guy Smiley now is again, it's Eric Jacobson. Uh I don't know how to reach him. I mean I've met him a couple times, but I don't know how to reach him. He's not on social media. I don't have his email address. So I'm like pushing for it but yeah yeah. i'm like tweeting at the other muppet performers i'm like dude tell eric man tell eric we got to push for for um guy smiley to guest host sesame street and it just it went nowhere that's a shame well one thing i do want to mention before we wrap up is the non-muppet related things that muppets have done that said star wars uh labyrinth well, Labyrinth, no, um, um, it's the Brian Henson thing, Farscape, Farscape, and uh, 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 Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. All of these movies that used puppets, and they used Jim Henson Muppets because they're the best to create alien or non-human things, and it works a million times better than any CGI nonsense you could build, like Marvin. From Hitchhikers? Oh, the Vogons. The Vogons from Hitchhikers? I Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, exactly! Just imagine how good Babylon 5 would have been Ugh. had they had the Henson Workshop build the Praying Mantis. Yes, uh, instead monster. of the bad one that they had. Or, I, uh, you I know, kinda... build... I kind of love that bad praying mantis. I, I know, I know. And his answer, anytime anyone went to him, it was always the same answer. It's, oh, I need a pass to get into Brown Sector. And he'd just go, mmm, expensive. I, 
yeah, he's he's the best. He's absolutely the best. Imagine um, a Muppet Vorlon. Yeah, I mean, it would make yeah, yeah. The the Muppet Ambassador Kosh. What's going on in that encounter suit of yours? Ah, waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cameos would have been great. Like Kosh's head comes off, like Fozzie pops out. Next By the episode, way, it's Gonzo. The, the praying mantis's name is Negrath. McGrath, that's McGrath, it. yes. Um, but I mean, Farscape, Rigel, uh, Pilot, uh, these- Oh, Pilot. <laughs> Speaking of awesome praying mantis creatures. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Tech gets sad every time he thinks about Pilot because- They in- tore his arms off! He tore his arm off in the first season. Oh! It's so sad. It grew back! I don't care! The, the big problem is that the, the crew didn't know it was gonna grow back. And they did it anyway. Um, <laughs> But, you know, actors that have been on Farscape, they said the same thing that you hear of actors that work with any other Muppets, that they forget that they're not actually, that the puppet's not actually a person. Mm -hmm. Like the puppeteer would come out of the puppet and they would still be looking at the puppet. Well, I thought that was really... Uh, Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say on his podcast, uh, Below the Frame, Matt Vogel uh, talked about how when the Muppets perf- are, are on talk shows or, or, or any kind of like other variety show, very often they'll start miking the Muppet and he'll be like, uh, that's not going to help. You gotta, you gotta mic the guy down here. <laughs> and that's because we've, so many of us have grown up with Muppets that it's so easy to believe, no, that's where the voice is coming from. But- Joe, back to your your story you were telling earlier when you met Roosevelt Franklin, that even the cast on the show is like, oh, Roosevelt Franklin's here? Oh, I wonder what he's doing here. Like like he's a real person who sh- chose to show up on set that day, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some outtakes from the, the first two movies um, of Jim and Frank and Jerry just like doing test shots or whatever and improving things. And there's like one point where Fozzie's talking about, oh, this is nice to be out here in nature, like, you know, in my natural habitat. And, 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 and Kermit's like, what are you talking about? You're not a real bear. He's like, what are you talking? What? How could you say that to me? And they start breaking the fourth wall and, and Fozzie's like, you know what? You pushed me too far. You pushed me too far. There's a wire. On your arm. What? Oh my God. Can other people see this? And I, that is one of my favorite things of Muppetdom. And it's an outtake. It's a screen test. Did you ever see the, the primetime special, the Muppets celebrate Jim Henson? It was after yes. Henson had died when they, yeah. uh, the Muppets are trying to figure out who Jim Henson was. They find out they're doing a tribute for Jim Henson. And they are watching videos of him and they're like, where have we seen this guy before? And Scooter goes, um, we used to see him down there. And they all look down and they're like, oh, my gosh, there's people down there. Hey, look, when we move, they move. And then Fozzie goes, you know what? This is just too weird. I can't even look at this. <laughs> I love when they do that. Like there's just a little breaking of the fourth wall there. That is fantastic. So non-Muppet. Muppet related things. Yes. That I have to mention. Okay. That I absolutely love. One is a very obscure old Canadian comedy show called Puppets Who Kill. Okay. Which is a halfway home 
for rehabilitated puppets as they're leaving jail. And it is very dark, very cynical, but they're all different types of, of, of puppets and marionettes that are absolutely unhinged evil. It is hilarious. Uh, next one, you got to mention Greg the Bunny. There. Which is the Muppet Show if it was done by Cartoon Network or something or Nickelodeon. And it is crazy and off the wall. And I, I got to point out, though, that, that now I... Obviously, that's that that's like a bit of a parody of the Muppet yeah. Show, Sesame Street. But yeah. I do need to point out there's no official connection there. No, uh, no, no. Henson no. Company is not involved in, in yes. that show. No, no, n- not involved yeah. in either of these. But right. they're 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 tangentially related because they're obviously cribbing a lot of love from the yeah. the Muppet universe. And the last one I, I have to mention as well, not related but absolutely hilarious. There is an episode of Angel. Oh, yes. Where he gets, where, where there's a, somebody does a Faustian bargain to get a kid's show off the ground. And, uh, as part of this, like, devil dealing thing, the main character, Vampire, gets turned into a Henson style Muppet. And his dose comes off. And he even goes through the vampire transformation where they add wrinkles to the Muppet's forehead. And it is the mo- it's the best episode of that show. Now, those puppeteers from the Angel episode, they did work for the Muppets. Those were Muppet puppeteers. Okay. Uh, awesome. Although, again, not working Muppet, under right. that capacity. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like what, what was it? Is it Smile Time? The movie that came out recently? Oh, no. Uh, I was actually going to mention that one. Uh, no, but Smile that, Time's from Angel. Sorry. Right. My bad. Right. Uh, well, if, if we're going for things that are not related to the Muppets yeah. at all, but um, are definitely a parody of the Muppets, uh, mm. uh, Peter. Meet the Feebles is one I got to mention. Incredibly inappropriate. Incredibly inappropriate. I've uh, heard of that, but I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, I mean, the main character is a rabbit named Harry the Hare who right. uh, gets an STD. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I need to check this out. I this uh, is not at all what I thought it was. Uh, but 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 uh, I think you were referring to. Um, the Happy Time Murders. That's it. Happy Time Murders. Now, The Happy Time Murders is an official Henson production is that it? was made by the Jim Henson Company, directed by Brian Henson. I knew and, it was Brian Henson. I thought they had a separation there. Uh, I believe it's. Uh, I believe the production company was called Henson Alternative, uh-huh. but it, it is made by by the the Henson Company. And uh, the the computer I'm talking to you on right now, my default wallpaper is a character from that movie, the character Goofer. Nice. I loved that that show. And when I remember when I first heard about it and I was like, oh, man, this is like so I'm going to mention something again, not affiliated with. And as a matter of fact, you cannot find it in existence. Uh, but if you if you have it from um before you may have it and that is the street which is the parody novel done by paul cooley of what if the neocons got their way and cut off all funding to the street to sesame street and so everybody was kicked out and they were like in the ghetto and you've got oscar as a private detective so oscar's the private detective and um i think it's Elmo and Cookie Monster are the rival drug lords yeah. selling Run, on the street. Running, running a drug called dough. Yeah, yeah, they sell dough. Uh, big birds hopped up on seed. Uh, it's <laughs> but, it's uh, very adult, but re- always done in a way that you can tell it's from the love of Muppets. 
did you ever hear and I know I'm I'm treading on deadly ground here because yeah. I know he's not the most popular guy around these days uh for reasons. Uh but back in the day, uh Dave Sh- had a bit about Sesame Street. Did you ever hear that? Where he's like, uh, I believe you said you cut out uh, Dave Chappelle. Yes, yes, I did. I love that one. Uh, yeah, he was like, um, oh, they'd be like, Oscar, why are you such a grouch? And he's like, because I'm homeless. homeless. I live in a trash can. Yeah. <laughs> I live in a trash can. Why else would I be a grouch? Exactly. That is that is some of the best uh, Dave Chappelle stuff out there. Um, I mean, there's a lot of it, but even that's even one of my on uh, even on Chappelle's show, uh, he did a skit, uh, which was his version of um, his version of Sesame Street. Uh, yeah. incredibly inappropriate. He had like like uh, Muppet versions of STDs dancing and introducing themselves, and um, but. Again, it, the, all of these things come out of a love and out of growing up with, without Muppets, none of these works would have happened. And it's the, so there's, there's this thing, I forget what they call it when they take like a show and they redub it and they put in new stories or whatever. And people do that with the Muppet show or with Sesame Street. And I really don't like it because it's not in that love of it's it's like them trying to say that something bad was happening with the actual characters whereas when it's these parodies when it's somebody you know doing it tongue-in-cheek like this and they're creating something new it's a i loved this so this is what my weird brain came up with not a I'm going to pretend that I'm actually Sesame Street like, was and it, have Kermit say the F word. Was it Kimmel? Was it Kimmel that would do the, um, uh, the like unnecessary censorship? So oh, would, yeah. One of them, you know, I can't tell the two Jimmys apart, right? Yeah, but it's, they would take like skits from original Muppet show or Sesame Street and then bleep out words and make it sound dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, fun. there's a video of the count, uh, being censored. Have you ever seen that yeah. YouTube video? Mm. That's yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just. I, I think for me, it's it's just a love of practical effects that you can do. Yeah. You can do a lot with your imagination, and you don't need computers. You don't need cartoons. You just need your mom's old coat and a couple ping pong balls. <laughs> yeah, and you can launch a multi million dollar entertainment franchise that's still going fifty, sixty, seventy years later. And. I'm going to add in like, and this is for the Muppets and Sesame street and everything. It has the gold and the, the magic that audio drama has because you can have the same actor playing multiple parts. Mm -hmm. And it's not about does that person physically and be able to carry that character. You know, it's like, it's not the physical, we can make the physical, whatever we need it to be. And it's all about the acting. It's all about the voice. It's all about the charisma of the character. You can have characters as wide and disparate as, you know, Grover, Miss Piggy and Yoda. Okay. Wait, those are all the same voice, but they're all the same guy, but they're three completely separate characters with separate personalities and completely separate looks. But if they look down at any one point, it's just Frank. Yeah. Or, you know, like the whole, uh, Big Bird in, and Oscar are the same person. Like that always, yeah. that range. <laughs> and I remember talking to, um, a good podcasting friend of ours, Chris Morse, uh, from Supervillain Corner, uh, about how great audio drama was because there are roles that you can play that you would never be able to get on stage. 
mm-hmm. because it's just your voice. And I think the Muppets are another example of that. And that's why we can get so creative. Do you want your character to be a little bit different? Okay, change your voice. And that's it. There was a, my favorite story, there was a uh, improv radio comedy troupe that would do a skit called the Radio Stuntman. Yes. Where they would describe this grandiose trick that the stuntman would do, and then they'd have their Foley artists just make the noise. So, you know, on roller skates, on fire, he will do a triple loop-de-loop over the shark pit, and all of the... But, of course, none of this is going on because it's just audio, right? You can't see the guy on roller skates, so they were just making the sound effects, but therein lies the gag. And I just... I love the one line. It's like, you know, roller skate, do a triple loop-de-loop over the shark pit, and into the wall of thumbtacks and all while wearing a nine pound beard of bees and then he goes just once i'd like to do one of these without the beard of bees well too bad cue the bees and light them on fire so again trailing back trailing back we're getting we're getting to the end of the night here and we're all like very happy because we're high on talking about muppets um so i think the last thing i'm going to say is do we see a positive future for muppets I mean, by the way, Sesame Street has Kennedy honors at this point. It's a great Kennedy Center honor ceremony as well when they got it. Uh, No, it's not the end of the Muppets. I I don't think it can be. Um, One, they're still making money. And two, they're still funny. Um, As long as um, they... And they've had various levels of success in remaining relevant, but as long as they find a way to remain relevant and they remain there, I think switching... like The model they had a few years ago where they switched to YouTube... Mm-hmm. And they started doing those like YouTube short videos of, you know, um, or the, um, or when they did the, um, when Cookie Monster did the, uh, was it an iPhone ad where he's baking cookies? It's like, play Siri. my waiting playlist. Siri, play waiting playlist. <laughs> Time in a bottle while he's waiting for like 15 minutes for his cookies. You know, as long as they keep coming up with new and creative ways. And it's like, if you're mad at Muppets and advertising, well, they were doing that back in the 60s. Go find a commercial called for the LaChoy Dragon. I love the LaChoy Dragon. LaChoy Chow Main is quick choked by me in dragon fire. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know, and wow, does the LaChoy Dragon look and act and feel a lot like Magellan from Eureka's Castle. And Bear. Muppet, Muppet Trivia, the, the, the commercial with the LaChoy Dragon where he's in the supermarket knocking all the things off Can't. the shelves with yeah. his tail. Do you know who the woman is in that in that commercial? No. No. That is Beverly Owen, the original Marilyn Munster from The Monsters. Oh. She was in the first she starred in the first 13 episodes of The Monsters and cried every day because she wanted to be released from her contract to get back to New York to marry her boyfriend in New York. Finally, um Fred Gwynn and Al Lewis told the producers, you either let this girl out of her contract or we're going to quit. And they did. Pat Priest took over the role. Uh, She looked similar enough to Beverly Owen. that There's a lot of people who don't even know there were two Marilyn Monsters. But uh, Beverly Owen moved to New York, married her boyfriend, John Stone, producer, director of Sesame Street. Huh. Wow. Look at that. And now you know. And now we know. (laughs) No, no. Uh, Sesame Street's on PBS, not NBC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Joe, do you see? A, what, what do you see in the future? Do you well, see more Muppets in the future? I absolutely do. For one thing, we just had um, a, a, we mentioned a brilliant, uh, I thought, 
season of Fraggle Rock Back to the Rock on mm-hmm. Apple TV Plus. I'm very hopeful it gets renewed for a second season because I was very happy with that first season. And Sesame Street's still going strong. There's a Sesame Street movie coming soon uh, that's oh. going to star uh, Anne Hathaway. It's Ooh. about the characters, the Muppet characters getting um, – they leave Sesame Street and get lost and they can't find their way back. And it's a play on the old, can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? They're lost in New York trying to find the way back to Sesame Street. That, that hasn't started shooting yet, but that's coming. Fantastic. And uh, and then on top of that, we just recently had the announcement that there is going to be a brand new TV series coming to Disney Plus called The Electric Mayhem. <gasps> All Sweet. about uh, The Electric Mayhem trying to record their first album. Uh, Man, so- can you picture that? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I hope so. We got stuff in the future. So I, I'm going to say that, you know, I remember people freaking out about the whole HBO deal with Sesame Street. And everyone was like, oh, this is the end of Sesame Street. This is the end of Sesame Street. And we've been able to prove, no, Sesame Street hasn't gone anywhere. Still working. They're finding ways to monetize. HBO saved Sesame yeah. Street. Mm-hmm. They yeah. didn't have the funding anymore. There, we we would have That show would have wrapped production a couple of years ago if HBO hadn't swooped in and saved And them. what would have happened to our poor street in the middle of a pandemic without HBO saving their bacon? I mean, you know, they'd be... Out on the street, selling fake vaccine cards and all who knows what. It would have been terrible. And back to my uh, back to my point of relevancy. During during the pandemic, um, they were Muppet Show and CNN yeah. were doing town halls. Yes. For the whole family with, you know, doc, with Dr. Gupta to explain the importance of getting vaccinated or why we wear masks or why we wash our hands. And, you know, Big Bird coming out and saying that, you know, I went and got the vaccine and it hurt my wing for a little bit, but now I'm okay. Um, doing exactly what the Children Television Workshop wanted Sesame Street to do from the very, very beginning. Yeah. yeah. You know, to be there to teach and inform and not talk down to kids. Yep. And, a lot of people were really mad at CNN for doing that. I wasn't. I thought it was awesome. I thought That's it was a fantastic great. way to reach everyone in your audience. Absolutely. I mean, I pay a lot more attention when Muppets are talking. I'm, I'm just going to say. Sure. I mean. They make more sense to me than people. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Joe. Thanks, Tell Joe. people where can they find Megapodtastic and all of your Megapod things because you also do YouTube. Another yeah, thing. well, you you can find the Megapodtastic podcast wherever you get your audio podcasts, whether it be Apple or Stitcher or I don't know. Where, where are people getting podcasts now? Spotify? I don't know. I think I'm on all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if not, let me know. If I'm missing from something, let me know and I'll get on it. I don't even know where people are getting podcasts anymore. But that is uh, at megapodtastic.com. Yes, yes, we are at megapodtastic.com as well. And uh, and uh, on YouTube, you can find us, Megapodtastic, on YouTube. Although, I don't know what's happening with YouTube. I'm rethinking our YouTube channel. I'm not, I haven't been too happy with the content I've been putting out on YouTube. It's not what I want it to be. So it's kind of on a um, a halt at the moment while I rethink it. I will say that if anybody wants to get some cool tours of Sesame Place, that is the place to go. 
because those are the, the, the little clips that I definitely tune in for. Um, when you went through and you did the Christmas lights or, you know, your first day back and things like that, because Sesame Place, if you've never been, is like the best amusement park in the world. It's meant for little kids, but it's fantastic. And I got sad when my niece was too big to take to Sesame Place because you can't just go as a grown up and not have people go. There's something wrong with you. Um, but I, I, I've, I've I've done it before though. I'm like, <laughs> I'm at the point where I just don't care. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But um, it is it is like the best amusement park ever. And, and, and there, there's, there's a new Sesame place. Um, oh yeah. Uh, they just opened a second Sesame. Well, actually, it, if we're being really technical, it's like the third. Uh, there used to be one in, I believe, Texas, but yeah. it, it's, it's long gone. Like yeah. it was in back in the eighties and I don't think it made it out of the eighties. Uh, but they just opened a new Sesame place in San Diego. Oh wow. Uh, so if you're in Philadelphia area, anywhere in that, region uh we've got sesame place in langhorn pennsylvania if you're on the west coast there's one in san diego and down in florida it's because sesame place is owned by SeaWorld. Oh. if you're down at florida in orlando florida uh there is a sesame section of SeaWorld orlando i wonder if it's as good I've seen some videos. I'm a little jealous. I think it's a Ooh. little bit better. What? Because they're wow. new. Because they're newer. They're newer. They mm, that's new construct. They they gave them all the new stuff, and it's like, okay, that's fine. I get it. You're building something new. You're going to give them the new stuff. But come on back to Langhorn and give it to <laughs> us too. By the way, I will say, um, uh, getting my picture with Super Grover at Sesame Place was like the highlight of my life. Yes, I went there as a kid, but, uh, going there as an adult and getting my picture taken with Super Grover was just fantastic. Well, you know, anytime you want to go there, I do have a six year old and a, uh, Ooh. and a membership. So if you come down to the Philly area and want to go to Sesame Place, you can use my, my six year old daughter as your, uh, as your, as my cover. <laughs> exactly. Muppet Sherpa. My Muppet Sherpa. No, that's Joe. Joe is the Muppet. Joe Sherpa. is the Muppet Sherpa. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you can find all of that at Megapodtastic and the YouTube channel. Well, on hiatus is also under Megapodtastic as well. Is yes, that correct? You, yes. YouTube.com slash Megapodtastic. All right. And to sign us out, I want everyone to say, who is your favorite Muppet? Just pick one. Who's starting? <laughs> He's so struggling. Many. It's hard. Go ahead, My Joe. Start. Sam. Oh, Sam. there you go, Sam. We didn't even talk about my favorite background characters because the backflipping penguins are always so cool. Oh, favorite Muppet character, um, Uncle Deadly. There you go, Uncle Deadly. Now it used to be Gonzo. Gonzo's cool. But, um, I will say that, um, I, growing up, I always said Kermit. It is not Kermit. It is not Kermit. Um, I think, uh, I am finding a real love for Piggy. I am finding a real love for Piggy lately or, you know, Rosita or Abby, any of them, really. So it's not Kermit? No, it's not Kermit. Grumpy I'm Kermit sorry. face? Yes, grumpy Kermit <laughs> face. He's so disappointed. Well, you know what? I grew up and I realized he's kind of a jerk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, thanks so I much. Don't for- know. I don't know if I agree with that. He's always getting karate chopped. I mean... Yes, but he's also <laughs> playing with people's emotions and 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 callous of feeling and um is, is he is he though? Like I mean if go you go back, back to the, to the Muppet, Muppet Show. Muppet show. 
I, if you go back to the original Muppet show, uh, I, I would say that uh, maybe, maybe uh, he's getting some unwanted sexual advances thrown his way. <laughs> he is until suddenly somebody else has interest in Piggy and then he gets jealous. Then they dedicate a whole movie to them getting married. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe the two of them just have a dysfunctional relationship. They have a very dysfunctional <laughs> relationship. I don't think that they're good for either of each other, but they can't keep away. Um, but on that note, thanks so much for joining us. Go ahead and write in. Let us know what is your favorite Muppet. Do you disagree with anything we've said? I bet you do. Probably do. <laughs> but why do you love Muppets? Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great day. Bye. And before we go, I want to thank all of our patrons without whom we would not have two episodes a month and I would not be able to pay Mike ever rising server fees. So thank you so much for uh, that support. I really do appreciate it. So thank you so much to uh, our top tier big daddies, uh, Jax, the top, uh, then Jason and Rich, the TT. Thank you so much. And our patrons of the arts, all of which get who, including the, the big daddies, get a piece of art every single year. Thank you to Andy Luke, to Holly Mack, to Mark Cabot, the encaffeinated one, Melissa, the bathtub mermaid paul and Susanna. thank you so much for all of that support and for all of our other patrons the the bread and butter the lifeblood keeping this patreon going the majority uh thank you so much to uh cliff greg harold hugh ian justine ken kinsey mike patrick the radical geek shane Stephen, Will, and Zachman. Thank you so much for all of your support. Nutty Bites is produced by Nimlas Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimlas.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash Nutty Bites and patreon.com slash nukejoss or call 347-NUTTY42. It's and it's by the way, the whole I can't tell the two Jimmies apart. Yeah, I know they're very different people. I could tell them apart by looking at them, but I can't tell you who is who. Much like I can't tell the difference between Clint Howard and uh, Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti, I can't tell the difference between the two of them. This boggles my mind. What that I can't tell you can't tell the difference between Paul Giamatti because I always confuse them. I'm like, yeah, Paul Giamatti, he played this character and it's it's Opie's brothers in this movie. And we're like, no, that's Paul Giamatti. And the other movie you were talking about is Opie's brother. (laughs)
See, I just the, can't. The ones that get me are, and, and talk about people who couldn't be more different, uh, Keith David and David Keith. Oh, yeah. I, I always flip the two of them. And, and then uh, uh, Regina King and Regina Hall. Like when they said Regina Hall was hosting the Oscars, I was thinking of Regina King. And it's like, oh, it's not Regina King. That's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have to look up who Regina Hall is. Oh, um, I'm looking her up. She no, just no, hosted I'm... the Oscars last week, but I understand how you could get distracted. There was other stuff going on. I... A couple other things <laughs> happening. I, I, di- I don't watch the Oscars. So, oh, oh, she's from the scary movies. Okay. Um, see, I didn't even know that. I know Regina King because Re- she's Regina from... King's on 227. Yes. And There's she's. No place like home. Is she Huey from Boonock? That's Regina King. She's yeah, Huey that's what and, I said. Huey and Riley. Yeah, yeah. Regina King is Huey and Riley from yeah. the Boondocks, which I absolutely love as well. They were so. trying to find somebody else to play the little brother character, and she'd already gotten the role of the big brother character, and she just decided on a whim to audition again, and they're like, you're just going to have to do both parts. <laughs> yeah. But like, by the way, if I search for Regina King, it says, did you mean Regina Hall? Like the also search for <laughs> so. Oh, so it's not just me then. I didn't not know. Just you. Well, it's like, uh, what, what? But at least the names are close, right? Nancy Allen, you know, Nancy Allen from Robocop. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she was doing an interview with Gilbert Gottfried. And apparently there's a, there was a thing where people got her and Karen Allen from Raiders of the Lost Ark mi- mixed up. Like the two of them, Karen okay. Allen and Nancy Allen, no relation. But people used to, in the 80s, mix them up. And apparently they were doing a convention. They were both a, a guest at the same convention, like recently, like in the within the last 15 years. And they met each other and they're like, at last we meet. At last we meet. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, what is it? Uh, 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 Nathan Fillion will tell stories of getting confused for... Oh, the, 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 he, he started out in the Hogan family. He was in Arrested Development. Jason Bateman? Jason Bateman. Yeah. So like always getting confused for Jason Bateman to the point of he once had a cop pull him over and he's like, dude, can I get your autograph? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, sure. Oh, I made it. I made it. And, and he's like, man, I loved you in, in, uh, Hogan's family. And he's like, Jason Bateman changing his signature. He was like, okay, I'm just going to ride this one out. (laughs) Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman. Again, at least the names are close. I did. Somebody wrote a list here. Easily confused actors. Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman, Bill Manpack, Bill Pac-Man, Paul Billman, Pill Ballpit, and Pitt Bullman. I don't think these are all the same. Uh, There's also (laughs) Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulroney. Do do you remember the the Simpsons episode where Homer got the we're my God we're tangenting I'm sorry we're I so tangenting I, I, I bring the tangents I apologize <laughs> roll do, it. do you ever see the Simpsons when Homer got the crayon removed from his brain Oh yeah and and he became smart and he went to see the the love move or the, the like the the there was just like romantic comedy film and uh it starred like Bill Paxton or something Yeah and I think they got mixed up like the thing is um. The title of the movie was Love is Nice. Love is and like, Nice. And, and they show they show the clip like uh, and the priest goes, one groom, two grooms. And then like a kid goes radical and someone else says something and he goes, this is just a collection of catchphrases. Well, after that skit, uh, my friend and I, every time one of those like romantic comedy films would open, 
we just started calling them love is nice movies. We're like, Oh yeah, there's this love is nice. I mean, that's fair. The, the end, the end of that episode is one of the, one of the Homer Simpson lines that I constantly, um, because it's a whole flowers for Algernon rip where he decides he has to be stupid again. So he's putting the crayon back up his nose to be <laughs> dumb again. Like, well, how are we going to know how far to put it? Well, we'll just have to wait and see. And it's like, you know, the, the square root of the hypotenuse of a right angle triangle is equal to the sum of the square of the other two sides. Okay. Keep going. Defense. Defense. No, that's a little too far. They pull it back out. Extended warranty. How could I lose? It's like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> back to Muppets. But uh, no, I mean, these tangents are always fun uh, because that's 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 how geeks are. And um, love is nice. And love, love is nice. Is nice. <laughs> um, 